Hi, this is Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and publisher of Heavy Metal Magazine. The only thing I like more than Justin Bieber is Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you can be so easily! It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that we will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Bye by Saturday night. Hello, generic convention attendees, and welcome to TalkCast 250. At a time when summer turns to fall and there's no more slurping at the narthex, when thoughts turn to cold winds in the Venusian landscape and otters all begin to speak in Latin, deep in Area 51, on the sub-level 14, Sara Lee Zero G Bake Off and Cryogenic Status Recovery Center, I am the man with the icing fluid leaking all over me. I am the Dome. Joining the TalkCast tonight, our usual suspects, in the Revere Time Vortex, our violent soundboard vixen, Contessa of Sparkly Stuff, Vice Princess of Rhetoric, it's our own girl genius, Kriana. I'm wearing my Books and Booze t-shirt and nothing else. And from the stacks in her personal calm space in the Dank Dungeons, only indoor zen and vegetable garden, which doubles as the robot reading room, it's the Zombrarian. And Cthulhu Pillar is hard to spell. Uh, yeah, that's not even close, but, well, that, that might actually be close. No, that I copied and pasted that. Oh, cool. <laughs> Missing tonight, unfo unfortunately, in a galaxy far, far away known as New York City, uh, uh, Sir Sarah Lady Knight is not with us, unfortunately, tonight, and therefore we will expect her to do penance next weekend by giving a full report about what was happening in New York. At uh, New York Comic Con, our That's guests. That's why there's no, no news dome. Why were you confused about being no news? What do you mean? That there's no news because New York Comic Con. Yeah, everything's going on there. That's true. Good point. Yeah, I'm a genius. You're you're well. You're doing okay for for a zombarian. Yeah. Our guest this week. Stacy Longo, Dale T. Phillips, Vlad V. and Ursula Wong, contributors to the new horror anthology. Insanity Tales. Okay, all at once. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, Stacy, Dale, Vlad, you, you guys have all been here before. Ursula, welcome to the show for the very first time. Don't be afraid. As long as your seatbelt's fastened, you'll be fine. Thank you for the words of advice. Not a problem. <laughs> um, there have been a number of things going on this week, not as much as we might think, but uh, I want to take a few minutes talk about some of the people who are going to be at Rhode Island Comic Con. There were some new additions made this week. Rhode Island Comic Con is in November, November 1st and 2nd, in, oddly enough, Rhode Island. Um, what? I know! Who would have thought? Rhode Island is a real place? Well, kind of. If you go to the end of the rainbow, take a hard left, that's Rhode Island. Oh. But, they announced this week Eddie McClintock and Saul Rubinick from Warehouse 13 are going to be there, which, thank you, is incredibly cool. Um, 
and and uh, I'm I'm just thinking how much I want to sit and and talk to Saul because I was just thinking the same thing that that would be my favorite thing ever. So you know maybe we can do that. I, that I think fun. that would be cool if we could do that. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Guy who runs Rhode Island Comic Con, make a note. We'd like to be able to sit and talk to Saul for a few minutes. Also, from Farscape and the Jim Henson Creature Shop Challenge on uh, on Siffy, Gigi Edgerly is going to be there. And to that I say, Yahoo. She's a very sweet lady, and I've met her once before. Uh, and a couple of puppeteers that, that I met before, Jim Martin and, and Bill Diamond, uh whose credits include Sesame Street and, and working with uh, Jim Henson as well. Jim Martin also uh, is the sole owner of the Great Space Coaster, for those of you who remember that. And uh, Bill Diamond uh, has uh, this wonderful puppetry shop of his own now, and we're going to get him on the show fairly soon to talk about that. There's also a whole Star Wars group of people that are going to be there, and of course... It's not necessarily the, you know, Mark Hamill kind of stuff. It's some really, really interesting people like Ray Park, who played uh, Darth Maul. Uh, Brian Muir, who's the sculptor and designer of the Darth Vader suit and mask. Uh, Chewie's going to be there. And if you've never met Peter Mayhew before, uh, he's, he's an incredible gentleman and a very nice, very, very nice human being. Very tall. Extremely tall, yeah. <laughs> like what? Seven foot eight, seven foot nine, just huge. We should uh, we should get a picture of me with him, and we can put it next to the he picture made, of me with Doug, Doug Jones. Jones looks short. <laughs> <laughs> and I could start a gallery of Zombrarians standing next to tall people. You and Doug Jones. You and Peter Mayhew. Yeah, that would work actually. Yeah. And then uh, the woman who has the unfortunate title of in. Internet Movie Database being listed as Jabba the Hutt's Dancing Slave Girl. Femi Taylor is going to be there. I feel like that character deserved a name because she was badass. She was. She was. And she's a professional dancer. Go fig. Um, So that that should be really, really interesting. Along with uh, Orly Shoshin, who was uh, Jedi Mistress Shekai T. That was the one with the entire green face with the big horn thingies. and also, very, very interesting. Uh, Squidhead's going to be there, who is also known as Admiral Tessick, uh, who's actually Gerald Horn. And one of the most interesting things about a lot of these people is the same interesting thing we found out about Doug Jones. The men behind the latex masks are some of the most interesting people you're going to ever want to meet. And uh, he's one of those, as long as, as well as, Mark Donson, who was the voice of the Ewoks. So I imagine we're going to be able to get a lot of Ewok audio. I would love that, personally. Only because we used to have a co-host on this show who could not stand the Ewoks. And I have always loved Ewoks. Agreed. So those are a couple of things that are, that are happening uh, new this week from Rhode Island Comic Con. And, and we'll touch base again next week. And hopefully have uh, Mr. Rhode Island Comic Con with us again to just give us another couple of five minutes about the latest stuff before we head off there at the end of the month. Um, And now, the rest of the news.
It almost sounds professional when we do that. Almost. We it's need to find a new joke. every week when you say that. I was just going to say. Almost. <laughs> so what do we want to talk about this week? I have a thing. <laughs> okay. <gasps> Yay! So you may remember, or you may not m- not remember, and if you don't remember, go back and listen to the episode. I don't know which one it is. You can figure it out. You're all smart kids. Um, we had the lovely Jamie Chambers from Signal Fire Studios on the show last year, yeah. sometime. Yeah, and sounds about right. Part of what he told us about, in addition to like tons of other stuff, was the creation of this amazing, amazing not-children's picture book called The Very Hungry Cthulhu Pillar. (laughs) And since it's October, and since it's spooky month, The Very Hungry Cthulhu Pillar is not just on sale, it's on sale in a bundle. You get the book, you get a t-shirt, you get a card game, you get some other stuff that I forget what it is. Where's that page? Um, Oh, you get it. You get two different ebooks. Like, what's not to love? You get The Very Hungry Cthulhu Pillar as an ebook, and you get the Lovecraftian ABCs ebook. So, there will be a link in the show notes. Those are on sale just until Halloween. And that whole bundle with all that lovely stuff will only cost you $50, which is a good deal. Because normally you'd pay that much for just the t-shirt and the card game. And that was TalkCast 161, so it was... Hey, look at us acting like a team. A while ago. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. We should have Jamie back on. We should. We should. should. He was a lovely guest. You should listen to that podcast, too. And you should also buy the bundle. Yeah, you should, because he's, he's a very inventive gentleman. And, yeah, good stuff. Um, anybody Twin Peaks fans? No. Oh, we yeah. tried. We tried really hard. It seemed like a very standard murder mystery. Oh, it wasn't. It was anything but a standard murder mystery. We couldn't get past the first, like, two episodes. There, Like, nothing weird happened. Well, David Lynch began tweeting, and, and Mark Frost began tweeting about a month ago. And they began tweeting exactly the same thing at essentially the same time hinting about something that was coming up and people began to realize that they were twin tweets Uh, uh, and began to think could it be that Twin Peaks is coming back because Mark Frost directed half was the co-creator along with David Lynch and it turns out that it will be coming back as a limited series on Showtime in, a, in about a year and a half. Nice. And it really, there's a, uh, the link that I'm posting on the webpage has a, a special announcement uh, that, that dropped on YouTube yesterday. And it's really creepy, really creepy. And I've got to tell you, David Lynch for my money, was a lot of fun. Uh, and Twin Peaks was fairly innovative, innovative for its time. And I really enjoyed it. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it. We tried so hard. So, Dale, you remember it, right? Oh, yes. This is damn fine pie. <laughs> Kyle McLaughlin was amazing in that damn fine pie. Oh, and then, then the the log lady and the woman who talked backwards, and uh, just insane, insane stuff. But, but great, great fun. Now you're making me want to try again. You should try again. You should absolutely try it again. You should give it what? If I if I have to give Harry Potter series four books, you should give it four episodes. Okay, so I Is have to fair? watch one more episode. One and a half more, evidently. <laughs> We watched two or three episodes. They I think. were so boring. No. So Not gonna lie. Boring. <laughs> so, Kriana. What? What is this about a scratch and sniff Harley Quinn comic? I'm concerned. I don't know. Read the thing. There's, I'm concerned because DC. There's going to be a Scratch and Sniff Harley Quinn comic. That's that's all they've said? That, yeah, basically. And one of the scents is going to be weed. So. So. Gross. <laughs> oh, hey, we're getting a phone call here at Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Hold on a sec. Guess what? It's your mom. <laughs> because she always calls during the show. You want to bring her in live? <laughs> you know, I'm getting really tired of io9 because their articles are essentially regurgitating sentences from other articles. And here on Sci-Fi Saturday Night, we regurgitate sentences way better than they do. We do, actually. We do. It's a really, really good... Those regurgitation-challenged uh, bastards. No, I mean, they used to have decent articles that were like more than 10 I sentences know, they're, long. I know, they're regurgitating crappy articles. Well, yeah, but they used to not actually regurgitate articles. They used to actually have... Have, have an opinion decent, about them? Decent content, yeah. Uh, unlike my Harley Quinn opinion? No, exactly. There, there, was, there was a comic. <laughs> she can't hear me right now, so she can't mm. hit me. Yeah, you're very lucky. <laughs> so for like a year and a half, well, actually close to two and a half years, uh, there's been talk about Ghostbusters 3, which is essentially Ghostbusters whatever. And... Some people wanted to do it. Uh, Bill Murray essentially did not want to do it and did everything that he could stay out of doing it. Uh, Harold Ramis uh, died and he was going to be directing it. And then Ivan Reitman, who was going to it's direct cursed. it, pulled away. Uh, and he pulled out prematurely. Thank you. I knew you were going there. <laughs> So uh, the writing team, as it is, uh, hired Paul Feig, who did Bridesmaids, to direct the third Ghostbusters film. And now they've changed it completely, so we don't have to worry about Bill Murray being in it, uh, because it's a reboot. And not connected to the originals, and it's an all-female team. 
I have well, you know what? cautious they, they just, optimism. They just picked the best, most capable candidates, obviously. I'm hoping uh, it'll be I, a I, mix to, between... To quote, to quote someone very amusing, funny how that worked out. <laughs> I'm really hoping that it ends up like the Charlie's Angels reboots. Is it, I, can't, I can't tell if there's a little sarcasm There is no sarcasm. I love those movies. Okay. And Lucy Liu is flawless, and she should be in every action movie as the toughest chick in the room. You, you, know, you know what I really want to see is uh, oh, Lucy Liu in the same uh, film as the woman who plays Melinda May on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. Oh, God. oh my God! Can you imagine having two strong Asian female actresses in the same and movie? And I want. And you I can't. want. It's, it's unheard of, right? Hollywood doesn't I do that. I want Lucy Liu to play the play the bad guy because she's so good at playing the bad guy. And then they make out. <laughs> Thank I, you. <laughs> don't objectify people. But they should totally make out. Yeah, they should totally make <laughs> out. But. <laughs> I felt I had to say that. Okay. Just, just to and be clear, ha- we would are, all enjoy them making out. And are you watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Or not? We watched I one. said, I said an hour ago, what did I say, Kriana? We should watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before we do the show. And she said, no, Hemlock I didn't Grove. want it. And we wanted to watch Hemlock Grove, so we watched that, but we did, haven't watched it yet, now. By, by the way, if you haven't seen Hemlock Grove, it is fucked up. Really? It's so fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is so fucked up. But it's awesomely fucked up. Like, it, it's like... I don't even know what it's like. Is there a but show? But you see, that, that's the show that last year I tried desperately to watch. I started the series three different times, and then each time I just kind of got... One time I got all the way into episode two. You don't have Netflix. Like, How did you try to watch this? I had Netflix at the time, and it was not... It was so good. Are you kidding me? No, it was... Kind of like True Blood meets... But smarter. It's smarter yeah. than True Blood. I don't want True Blood to be smart. I never and wanted... It's, and it's gorier. It's way gorier than True Blood. Well, like, True that. Blood's, like, penis on the floor? Yeah, No. <laughs> No, this is way gorier than that. People's throats get ripped out on a regular basis. It's awesome. The only thing I kind of gave them the side eye for is that there's a character in the show who is obviously a nod to Frankenstein's monster, and the character's name is Shelly. Honey, I think that was on purpose. I know it was on purpose, but I give them the side eye because it's so obvious. Yes, but it's obvious to smart people. But I still give them the side yeah, eye. Yeah, but you have to understand that most people wouldn't have gotten the reference if they hadn't named her Shelly. Actually, most people probably don't understand that Shelly is a direct reference to Mary Shelley. Fact. That's sad. Oh, that, that's sad oh, that makes me sad. Yeah. Let's talk about something happy. Let's I mean, talk half, about half of high that. schools don't even read Frankenstein, right? So. Not anymore. No, they don't. Which it used to be that. What do you got that's happy? Kriana's got something happy. No, I don't. She 
you woke me up the other night to tell me about this. What? Pizza Hut. Oh, that, that was just for you to look at. I didn't actually want to talk about that. Oh, okay. I mean, we can if you want, but... So, so Dome, do you remember way back when I was a wee one? Try- I try and, and, and not think about that an awful lot, but yeah. I'm try, not- try to remember. Do you remember at, at my elementary school, they had um, uh, this program, this partnership with Pizza Hut? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> you read the books. And you got a button, and you got stickers on your button, and if you got enough stickers, you got free personal pan pizza. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my God. Well, it's And do I remember back. how many books you read? No, because you lost yeah. count, didn't you? Crap loads. It's like, we got another pizza, we gotta go! No, no. I please. got pizza every week. It was glorious. Oh, yeah, good. it was. Pepperoni. Mm. See, well, they're celebrating 30 years of the Book It program. Ouch! That's still going on? Yes! Oh, it's good 30 Lord. years old. It's 30 years old. Wow. That With hurt. pizza for adults. Oh, good Lord. Happy well, 30th birthday, Book It. Um, so if, if you go on to bookitprogram.com slash bookitalumni, you too can get another free one-topping personal pan pizza for being a Book It alumni. Yes! Oh, can, can, I, can I bring another uh, consumer-oriented issue to the forefront that has absolutely nothing to do with books of Pizza Hut? Only after I admit to our entire listener base that I kept my Book It button with all my oh, stickers Lord. on it. I kept one of them for years. Do you still have <laughs> like, it? I, I bet they'd put you in a commercial. It might still be in my memory box in my parents' house. That's adorable. I'm a huge nerd. <laughs> you think? I didn't think there was a bigger nerd than me in the world. I've been Clearly wrong. there is now. You're, you're about to relinquish that crown. So, if you ever drank a Red Bull the in your life... braces of Gersbergs. <laughs> if you <laughs> ever drank a Red Bull in your life... Which I have not. Are, no. Well, I, I actually drank avoided that. one or two of them in my life. But what made I'm you consider- think that was a good idea? I'm, I'm concerned. Don't, was, you were an adult when this it happened. It was free. It was free. Yeah, you, you were not like a young and impressionable youth. Correct. I would like you to look at your life and look at your choices. Yeah, please. <laughs> please do. Anyway, so what about Red Bull? If you ever drank a can of it in your life, you can now collect in the settlement, the class action settlement against them. Because Red Bull does in fact not give you wings seriously a 13 million dollar settlement and i'm going to put the link in for you to go check it and all you have to do is fill out a claim form and they're going to send you a 10 dollar check just for being duped by them for not giving you wings are you actually serious i am dead serious that is so beautiful uh, no they're going to pay not. It's kind of funny. It's kind of it's hilarious. 
It's terrible, but it's hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh. People really thought Red Bull would give them wings. Well, what I think what they meant by that was, you know, it gives you extra energy and all the rest of this crap, and it really doesn't do it. No, it gives you a sugar rush and a caffeine jolt. And oops, there it is. Um, I, I'd like to point out to the authors on the call that they can chime in at any time. Absolutely. Stacy, you had something you wanted to say, babe? <laughs> oh, you guys are killing like, me. I, 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 said, I said you had to stay on mute until Dome introduced you guys, and then he did. Well, he well, hasn't. I, I just didn't want, um, you know, any random cat yowling in the background. to Come on, babe. Because our, our cats yowl all the time. And you get phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's Mama Zombrarian right. has already interrupted the show once tonight, so... Actually, it was Papa Zombrarian. Papa Zombrarian, he knows... I hope you said hi to him. Yeah, Papa Zombrarian and Dome are the best of friends. We are, actually. Are. Oh, nice. They met so, before we did. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, when you drink Red Bull, what happens to you, Stace? <laughs> <laughs> so, alright, I'm listening to you guys, it's killing me. When I drink Red Bull, I wind up vacuuming the yard at like 3am, and then I'm like, you know what, the trees need dusting, I'll do that too. Second of all, some of us are so old, I don't even know what the Pizza Hut program is, and I'm mad that we didn't have it. Well, it started, it, it started in 1984. You ready to be uh, yeah, even right, more jealous, Stacey? Okay. You're a child. Stacey, are you ready to be even more jealous about the Pizza Hut Read It program? Because How can program? I be more jealous of free pizza? The stickers, the stickers what? were puffy stickers, <laughs> and the buttons were sparkly. Oh my god, that is so unfair. It was like I, the quintessential I, 80s promotion. Uh, well, yeah, I'm going to write to Pizza Hut right now and demand my wings. No, wait, I mean my, my stickers. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't really about the pizza. It was about that giant button. No. Yeah, and it was a giant button. It was. It was like... I don't, I don't actually remember the button. I just remember reading a shit to shitload of books and being like, really? Someone's going to give me shit for this? Awesome. <laughs> and I guarantee you, in a in a plastic bucket, somewhere up in the attic, is that freaking button and the, the book logs that you had. <laughs> I had book logs. I, huh. I don't remember I this. guarantee you. I guarantee it. Yeah, you don't remember the book logs? Well, you had to <laughs> fill them out. I was I'm meticulous. sure I did, but I timed my reading like down to the seconds. Yep. So I'm burning you remember the book logs and yeah, you, you, I do. you would get a new one every week. Yeah. That's every because time you have... I am but that's because I was a bitty bitty zombrarian even then and <laughs> anything that involved metadata and data about books and organizing things, I was all That was over. you. That was you. Absolutely. I used to rearrange my bookshelves for fun as a child. And you, you still do. No, because you won't let me because you tell me that you can't find things when I rearrange the bookshelves for fun. I don't look on the bookshelves because I abhor paper. <laughs> what? what? Take off that books and booze shirt. <laughs> I like digital copies. What about audio? I can't. I I don't begrudge people who like audiobooks, but thank I, you so much. I, I personally that. I can't use them because 
my brain just isn't wired for it. I just, like, zone out and stop listening. Like, I have to, like, really actively try hard to listen. And it's I'm ex- beginning to understand a lot about our conversations right now. <laughs> it's exhausting. See, I find audiobooks are great for my commute in and out of work every day. Yeah, it's that's the most relaxing thing for me ever. You mean this isn't your full-time job? No, unfortunately not. I, I toil in the fields of the Lord, as as do we all, unfortunately. Cthulhu? Exactly. <laughs> Dumb, there is good news. The audio book of Insanity Tales is in production, even as we speak. Oh, Woo-hoo! I'm definitely in line for that son of a bitch. It has an Audible-approved narrator, which means I top performers. Woohoo! Hot damn. That's Which, awesome. So I think it's about time that we start talking about uh, the new horror anthology by these insane people who are with us called Insanity Tales. And and as I said, Stacy, Dale, Vlad, uh, we know you guys. You, you've been around for a long time and, and we've gotten to know you and, and your style. And I've got to tell you, this is... When I read your, let me just rewind that slightly. When I read your books, I'm always surprised. There's always at least one thing that takes me out of the comfort zone of your work and brings me someplace I don't want to go. Uh, this anthology seems to be a whole crapload of those kind of stories. Well, look at the title. I mean, that's what it's about. And yet, it's not all the same kind of story, which is what I really like most about this. Each one takes me out of its com- out of my comfort zone, and each one is unique. And that's kind of rare. That's very rare in it, especially in horror anthologies. Because I've got to tell you, I mean, horror anthologies to a very large degree. Uh, a lot of them end up like a lot of the splatter films that we see at every convention, you yeah. know, in, in all the little booths. You know, hey, I, I made a splatter film. Would you like to buy the DVD? Uh, well, no. Here you got your uh, hitchhiker who gets killed. Uh, here you got the... <laughs> uh, then you got your basic trauma of, oh, you're really a werewolf? Oh, we wanted something a little different. Yeah. We did something a little different. And the way it kind of developed is uh, it was really organic process. We all brought our own voices, our own styles. and Free range. You know, free range, exactly. And uh, we got free, together. And free decided. range authors, everyone. Only, range the, only the best here at Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Absolutely. That's right. No We're hormones, organic. No additives. No We're preservatives. The, no no genetically modified authors here. <laughs> and there is a secret because you were talking about scratch and sniff I don't know if you know this but the uh, books have just come in and we do have scratch and sniff there's a secret oh, place cool. on the cover where if you scratch just right you will get the smell of madness <laughs> it's true Dale just went a little loopy yeah I just went <laughs> off right there I'm shocked at that no wow. Dale is like this. So, so Dale has been sniffing binding glue a little too hard <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so how did how did this, this whole anthology thing well, no, just kidding thing happen yeah talk to me about this anthology <laughs> thing talk to me specifically about this anthology where did this whole where, where did the did whole happen? anthology concept start japan never mind egypt <laughs> egypt papyrus paper okay moving on 
Um, well, I'll take that if you guys don't mind. No, Please. go at it. Um, we are all in a writers group. You know, we're we collaborate online a lot, and um, we've you know we shoot stories and novels back and forth to each other because we all bring a different perspective to it, and you know, and we can collectively pool our talents and abilities to help each other out. And I want to say it was early this year. Um, I believe Vlad and Dale approached me and said, you know, as a as a group, we should talk about putting an anthology together to now, have it now, out. Just think out if you don't have context on this conversation, how wrong everything you just said sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm That's sorry. That was horrible. Well, we have approached her in the past. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Chocolate really works. Mm. That's true. Like taking Dale candy from... Uh, oh, well. Hmm. Yeah. Yes, that's right. I took candy from a strange guy with a mustache. <laughs> wow, don't even go there. Did he have a van down by the river? By the river. Does this smell like chloroform to you? <laughs> exactly. So the next thing I remember, <laughs> oh dear. we had a book. <laughs> the book oh. is birthed. Yes. Oh, dear. Yeah, so we all, what we did throughout the spring and summer was we went back and forth. We we brought our stories to the, you know, to the group and said, what do you think of this? We went back and forth. We There were rewrites involved. Um, there was some group action is what I'm hearing. <laughs> I, I can't talk to you people. You twist everything I say. <laughs> it's remarkably easy. And so eventually I pushed out. Oh, good Lord. Very good. Very good. Embrace it. <laughs> and anyway, so that's what happened, and now we have a book. <laughs> you just kind of finished really quickly there, a little prematurely, I think, Stacey. Oh, Lord, don't do <laughs> that. Don't do that. Listen, if you can't preheat the oven. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what happens when you let horror writers out of their shell. <laughs> we were all, all sniffing. Right. That's it. <laughs> Things got crazy from there. Yes. I can't imagine how that might have happened. I'm still thinking about the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> if we can make a scratch and sniff pizza cover, that's our next anthology right there. Oh, Nine that, stories. That sounds, that sounds like the Animaniacs, but that's okay. Dr. Scratch everybody. and Sniff. We'll deliver the books to your door. But one thing is that we didn't want to censor any topic in the uh, Insanity Tales book. We just wanted everybody to come up with their own, you know, special, personal, weirdo kind of definition of uh, horror. And I, I think that's why it has the variety it does. But so, Vlad, Vlad had a story that was even too sick for the rest of us. So <laughs> I did. We had to leave that one out because it was another, you know, 150,000 word short story. <laughs> <laughs> One of those self-edited works, was it? Uh, no. No, it was great, but it was just like, well, we would have had to charge ninety nine fifty by the time we got it printed. <laughs> so, I know, and uh, our listeners have heard uh, us talk to Stacy and us talk to Vlad, uh, but we haven't actually spent a lot of time talking to Dale, even though I've known Dale for a while now. And Ursula, you're, you're the new kid on the block. So, Ursula, tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, 
how you got into writing. And Is welcome that- to your hazing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, I, I'm going to turn to Dale and let him answer this one. No! <laughs> I'm only kidding. No, I'm only you're kidding. off. Um, well, I've wanted to write a long time, and I was working and really couldn't. So then I stopped working, and then I could write. See? That, that's the answer right there. Okay, so if that's the answer, <laughs> I, I want to talk to you about Never Alone. <laughs> and you knew this was coming. All right. <laughs> Because Never Alone is the MacGuffin of this book. It's the one that you don't expect to see. It's the one that you don't expect to take the way it goes. And it is possibly the little diamond in the center of this book. I am. Thank you. You can't see her, but she's blushing right now. Cool. So, and without giving it away, it's a ghost story unlike most ghost stories anybody's ever read. And it's, frank, frankly, one of the sweetest ghost stories uh, and saddest ghost stories you're ever going to read. So what was your, what was your process in putting this story together? Well, um, that's actually based on personal experience. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't expecting that one, were you? No, I wasn't, actually. So we have a, a little place out in the country. It's a it's a very very old farmhouse, and when people have stayed in the downstairs bedroom, they some have talked about seeing a shadow on the edge of the bed. And so we looked into the history of the house, and sure enough, a little boy died around the turn of the uh, around the 1900s, and uh, he fell from the hayloft. And um, so I, I took the idea of a ghost, a little, you know, a child ghost living in the house and that death and put them together. And uh, that was the story. So how long did this story take when, it, when you first began to get the story of the house? Did, was that was the seed? But how long did it take to actually put this story together? Well, I'm a slow writer. It took a couple of months to get it together. And then, of course, when we did the anthology, um, I had to go through um, Vlad and David and Dale and Stacy to uh, vet it completely. So there were about nine million drafts. But um, it didn't actually take all that long for this one. It was a few months. No, it's... uh, You know, in, in each anthology that you guys put out, individually and collectively, there's, there's always one story that just kind of slaps the reader into a different mindset than all the other stories do. And, and this is the one in this book. This is really, uh, it's a really special story. And I, I, I got to tell you, I really enjoyed it. Dome, I love you. And I'm going to put you in my will. <laughs> Good, because I, I'm, I'm, I'm so broke. But, but she, she's a writer, so there's not much money. No, that's okay. Well, well, she, she left her job, so... <laughs> Now, Dale. Uh oh. When somebody has Stephen King as their writing instructor in college, you know they're going to be a little bit warped. Yeah. When when somebody comes from Maine, they're going to be a little bit warped. Well, yeah. there's that. There's that too. Yeah. Isn't there? That's a good so, point. <laughs> how how long have you been writing? Back since when Stephen King came back to teach at college. 
which is probably before some of your staff were born. I'm thinking, yeah. I'm yeah. Thinking. <laughs> but, uh, you know, again, life happened. Like Ursula says, you know, you got to make a living, and uh, being a word monkey doesn't pay very well for the most part when you're starting out. So it was a lot of years of, of getting things that, uh, you know, pecking away at it kind of thing. You know, wrote a book that it didn't quite turn out the way. You know, I knew what I wanted to do, but it wasn't there. And that was Shadow of the Wendigo that just got released last year, and it took 35 years to finish that book, to make it the way I wanted it to be. But along the way, I uh, came up with some other ideas and started publishing books about three and a half years ago. So between the books and the a lot of short stories that I started putting into collections, and then Vlad and I just naturally, he doesn't usually write short, and I write a lot of short stories. When he said anthology, he's like, oh boy, here we go. So he wrote two 15,000-word, uh, you know, novelettes. Put in the <laughs> and we had to rein him back a little bit and club him down and, and throw out the one that scared us all. And uh, <laughs> Oh, let's talk about that one for a minute. Oh, you'll be seeing that one, I'm sure, very soon. <laughs> that's Well, you know, Vlad, I've been a fan of your work uh, for a while now, and, and we talked about your, your last novel, The Button, uh, which... Is, is completely different from what you're writing here uh, in that it's just solid science fiction, clean science fiction, great science fiction. And this stuff is like, excuse me, I'm creeped. I need to turn on every light in the house for a while. Well, that's what I uh, aim to do. I wanted to, um, with my story, The Sleep Artist, I wanted to introduce something that had never been seen before, at least I had never seen before. Um, and that was the element of going back through time and memory um, through uh, the mind of a demon. And the motivation for that demon and the motivation for the sleep artist, the protagonist of my story, um, end up somewhat becoming intertwined. And Yeah, totally intertwined. And the, 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 the gray area in the human soul is kind of where, where, it, where it starts to lead to and uh, without, leaving, without giving anything away. You know what you you could you you could explain that story till the cows came home and you still wouldn't be giving anything away. I mean, I I can't I can't figure out any way to explain that story whatsoever. There's this lady, there's this demon, there's this kid, and then the shit hits the fan. Yeah. <laughs> I actually got the idea for that story uh, when see. <laughs> And Dale and I were doing a um, an event. Um, I don't remember where, but it was uh, at, a, at a town conference. Yes, yes. And uh, this crazy lady, uh, <laughs> I want to say, well, yeah, a little crazy, came up with tuning forks and. Um, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Kind of a special hearer, about a, an, uh, an audio healer, I guess you could call it. And uh, she was convinced that you know there was this big conspiracy uh, about. Um, uh, about basically these frequencies of sound that can heal you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, turns out that Stacy has an ear problem and uh, didn't appreciate. It. Or maybe it was Jason, her husband. No, it was me. I have tinnitus, and the ringing of the audio, the tuning oh, forks, was the exact same pitch as the ringing I have in my right ear. I wanted to kill her. <laughs> so for some reason, on the way home, I uh, started thinking about well, maybe if I made this lady uh, not so annoying. Um, but a little bit odd. Maybe I could use her for a uh, story, and that ended up being uh, Wanda in The Sleep Artist. 
the thing that I find interesting uh, about you and Dale is that you write in so many different genres so comfortably. How do you, how do you make those shifts, or, or is it just come naturally to you? Well, for me, it comes from being a lifelong reader. I mean, with what, 50 years of reading really good works and reading everything in every category. I mean, I started out with the greats, you know, Ray Bradbury, Heinlein, Harlan Ellison, and just went on from there to every genre, every style. And so I'm comfortable shifting gears. When I write a story, I don't, sometimes I just don't know what it's going to be. But when it comes out, it's like you take a look and you go, oh, okay, that would be uh, fantasy. Oh, okay, this would be crime and mystery. Oh, this would be science fiction. Yeah, but I, Dale, in your case, I've read a bunch of your stuff in a bunch of different genres. After I finished this anthology, I started reading uh, A Shadow on the Wall. Uh huh. And yeah. I'm having a great time with it, but I'm having trouble rectifying the fact that this is the same guy writing. Uh, I, I don't think rectifying was the word you wanted there. Yeah, you I think you meant reconciling. Possibly. I'm not sure what I meant. But you said but, uh, rectal. <laughs> thanks for playing the game. Bob Sickles, anyway. Well, for the longer form, mystery is a great uh, vehicle for it. And I've always loved good mysteries. Uh, John D. McDonald's Travis McGee series is the absolute best. And I kind of modeled my whole series and character upon that. And I, because I don't read any more Travis McGee now unless I want to go back and reread them. So well, I want Because there aren't any more, yeah. Exactly. So I created a new hero that was a lot like him, even though more flawed, not as nice guy, not as much fun, a lot more problems. But yeah. problems, those problems should really scare you because you never know when he's going to go off the rails. But, you know, <laughs> this is uh, an interesting, interesting, interesting book that I'm about halfway through right now and really enjoying. Excellent. And, and I mean, Vlad, it's, it's the same with you. I mean, <laughs> The Sleep Artist is a really, really creepy book, a really creepy story. That could be a book without a problem. But on the other hand, I've seen you, I've, I've read hard science fiction from you that's just incredibly clear and in, incredibly, you know, totally on target. How do you reconcile that? Reconcile which aspect exactly? Writing the different genres. Oh, right. The yeah. Genres, uh, you know, I, just like Dale, uh, I read all over the place. I'll read anything as long as it's well written and engaging. Um, I've, the Dave Daniel, who's in this collection, I just finished his novel, Reunion. I thought it was excellent. The very next uh, book I read is uh, The Physics of the Future by Michio Kaku, uh, which is a nonfiction kind of a futurist book. And I just, and so when I go to write something, I don't, again, look just like Dale, I don't peg it into a genre. I have a story idea, I have a character, whatever it is, and I follow it through to the end. And then I decide where it fits after that. And sometimes, frankly, they don't fit at all, and you just kind of got to squeeze them in. And I think... Uh, I think the other novella that uh, that Dale referenced, um, Float, was um, kind of same. Well, that doesn't really fit anywhere. Right. It's it's a great story, and he's going to publish it, but it's just not the right fit for these stories. Stacy's got a YA book out that's really good too. Stacy, what's the name of that book? Oh, the one the one that I shot to you guys a couple months ago. Yeah. Oh, that my sister's a zombie. I'm actually 
shopping that around right now. I haven't sold it yet. Ordinary Boy comes out next year, but that's that's I wouldn't even. It's not yet YA. It's not really horror. It's kind of this poor kid who's growing up in the '80s and trying to get by and make friends and find a girl, and and then his stepfather shoots him. You know, it's kind of fun. Like <laughs> comedy. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the one thing I've always admired about your writing, Stacy. Is is that? Yeah, you start off and it seems to be a very, very normal, very, very wonderful, and then his father shoots him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it comes know. comes out of nowhere. It's kind uh, of like Stacy's <laughs> life, you know. Yeah. I suppose in a very <laughs> odd way, sure. Certainly so, reminds I, me of certain aspects. Yeah, at some points it kind of kind of does. <laughs> so, how difficult is it for you guys now? Because the writing market is changing so much uh, to get your voices heard to, to publish and, and and well, the shopping around process that Stacy's doing now. Well, we drink huh. a lot before we talk to people, and that really helps. Yeah, it should. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which you can now get paid for. But for yeah, the wings, obviously. I, ha- I have heard that every time a bell rings, a Red Bull drinker gets wings. <laughs> That's only at Christmas. Oh. I-, I thought it was just every time, but I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> maybe well, maybe every, time, every time someone drinks a Red Bull, then a bell rings. I don't know. Never mind. It's one or the other. Some, oh, something, something happens that we can sue them for, basically. <laughs> Just for not a lot, but yeah. yeah. In terms of getting the word out, we basically uh, diversify and we spread out. Um, we hit the streets, we hit libraries, we hit cons, we hit conventions. Um, and we pursue traditional avenues and independent avenues uh, and kind of feel out whatever works for a specific story or for whatever our goal is, our business goal is at the time. Um, so it's really an exciting time to be a writer because there's so much opportunity that nowadays. I mean, if you can't get somebody to um, make your future, then you can make it yourself. Um, and I can't tell you how invigorating that is as an artist. And it's Absolutely. funny because... People are of two different minds. There are those like you who, who feel wonderful at being able to say, hey, this is mine, and shop it around through through conventions to individuals and to talk to publishers, yada, yada, yada. And there are the others who go, publishing is dead, and there's nothing, I, and the whole world has changed, and I don't know what to do. Yeah, it's I mean, changed. not dead, it's just changed. And people who are used to doing things one way have to adapt. And, you know, Darwin said, adapt or die. And that's pretty much the way it is. If you believe things are going to be like they were 40 years ago, you're in for a very rough ride. But if you can look at the new world and go, well, look at all these opportunities. Uh, Just today, I I emailed Vlad and a couple other authors and said, hey, you know, we've got a bunch of different tales that would make great graphic novels. How do we go about making that happen? I mean, Vlad's Brackman's Underworld, they make a fantastic uh, interactive game. And it would make a great graphic novel. It's like, who do we talk to to make this work? Well, I think what you should do is look at some of the back issues of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Absolutely. Because there's a bunch of artists who have been on the show. 
That's a great idea. Yep, we'll do that. And yeah, we should. We will talk about that at some point, won't we, Dale? <laughs> yes, we will. Maybe at Rhode Island Comic Con. I think he's emailing you right now, Dome. <laughs> <laughs> and that works. Uh, I mean, podcasting, you know, six years ago, ten years ago, who the hell knew about that? And, and now, you know, it's, it's an outlet. It's a media outlet that's available for anyone. And it's another uh, survival of the fittest routine for us as well, having been doing this for six years now. But the other thing that I find interesting that you guys do are these, these kind of workshops that you hold with each other, these writer's circles where you sit, which was actually the genesis for this book. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> go ahead. You're having a cigarette? What? <laughs> <laughs> Jump in there. Oh, no, I am not having a cigarette. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it's funny. Uh, actually, when we were at GraniteCon a couple weeks ago, uh, Dom, you and I were talking about this book. And I remember you said something along the lines of when musicians get together, they jam. And when writers get together, they do this. Right. That, that, and, that was... My whole thought behind this book, yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I, that's the best part, I think, about our team is um, it's so much fun. Like, when we do get together, it is so much fun because we all respect each other's talents and abilities and experience. And we get to talk about our favorite thing in the world, which is writing. So... It's awesome when we can get together. And then, uh, you know, it, it's a little harder because we do a lot of our work together online. And, you know, there will be some days where I'll open up my email and there'll be like a 30 email chain going back and forth. <laughs> I'm wondering what happened. And it's, you know, yeah. But uh, <laughs> so that makes it a little harder. But it's great because really I can't tell you how many times I, you know, I, I pick these guys' brains for just knowledge and information and ideas and, and, you know, I'm stuck. Where do I go from here? And, you know, so it's really, it's so important as a writer to have a great support group really that can understand exactly what you're going through. Yeah. I think that like, um, uh, if you're independent or a small press, I think that collaboration is the new competition. Um, if that makes sense. Um, it's the new way to do things. You collaborate, uh, one of the, to speak to Stacy's points, one of the things that really helps us is not only respect for each other, but the brutal honesty. Um, <laughs> we all want to see each other succeed. Uh, we all want to get to the same point, which is you know poolside in the Caribbean somewhere with a yacht or two, um, and we're and we we really take each other to task to do the best that we possibly can. Somehow we've been able to leave egos out of it so far, and that has really really helped. So. You know, everybody kind of takes the comments and churns them around and decides what to do with them. And then, um, you know, sometimes they go in and sometimes they don't, but everybody seems to be good with this. And I'm not kidding about 30 million drafts that these <laughs> require on some of these stories. <laughs> the interesting thing about this group, and, and I know most of you uh, fairly well, is the respect that you all seem to have for each other and for each other's work and for each other's opinions. 
So, I mean, that's the best way to have a working group like this is when you all respect each other. And I think that's why this anthology is, is as good as it is. Yes, if you act on a professional level and you work with professionals, to make a product that's professional, that makes it a lot better than working with somebody who's like, my ego's hurt, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we make that's each other true. cry. And we have that, that's, that's still a amount of respect. I respect you enough to tell you the work's not good enough right now, but you can get there because I trust you enough to make that work well. And every three months we get drunk together. Yep, that helps. And that works too. <laughs> yeah, that works too. <laughs> the anthology is called Insanity Tales. It's an original anthology from a host of original writers. It's not a lot of the same recycled themes. It's a really, really enjoyable read. Can't thank you guys enough for joining us tonight. Kriana, talk to me about who's coming on in the next couple of weeks because I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Oh, okay. So, we should probably figure that out, you know. Okay. Some point. At some point, probably you know. should. So. so, why don't you tell about our sponsors then? <clears throat> Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con, Granite Con, Rhode Island Comic Con, booksandbooze.com. Yay! And ComicArtHouse.com. Visit ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out more of their grooves on lawrencemademecry.com. Tonight's intro music provided by the inimitable Rob Watts. Find more of his creations at robwattsonline.com. I want to thank our guests tonight, Stacey Longo, Dale Phillips, Vlad V, and Ursula Wong, and the incredible new book of theirs, Insanity Tales. I want to thank our staff for joining us tonight from the Revered Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Triana. Pants are really overrated. And our woman of words, Zombrarian. And puffy stickers are not. This is Tom saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus, we all refute entropy. Good night, everyone. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs>